everyone and welcome to our weekly podcast brought to you by VJ Oncology. Today we will be covering the latest developments in radiology for gastrointestinal cancer. To start off with, we have Lucian Vidiewicz from the Maria Curie National Cancer Research Institute in Warsaw, Poland, who will discuss total neoadjuvant therapy for patients with rectal cancer. Uh, definitely, uh, this is very uh, hard topic for the moment. We are uh, um, at the moment of the success of uh, social neoadjuvant treatment uh, in rectal cancer. Uh, this success is driven uh, by several studies. Everything started with the Polish two study, which uh, was already, had been already reported more than uh, seven years ago, uh, uh, and was uh, confirmed in uh, studies coming from UK, France, and, and US, and China. Uh, but there were no international studies. Uh, and all these studies show uh, something uh, interesting, that early chemotherapy, uh, uh, before surgery of rectal cancer, may lead into benefit in, in, in uh, limiting the number of metastatic diseases uh, afterwards. But, uh, there is uh, uh, no strong data that it will lead to the uh, local uh, disease control, meaning the control of disease of, in the pelvis. There are different strategies uh, which uh, can be distinguished by two points. One of these is, is uh, dosing and fractionation of the radiotherapy. Uh, in studies coming from Poland or from uh, from uh, UK, uh, the uh, sh short course radiotherapy, which consists of five fractions on five consecutive days, uh, was assessed. While in studies from US or, or France, uh, long course uh, chemoradiation consisting of more than five weeks of the treatment. Uh, before we start chemotherapy uh, uh, was given to these patients. Uh, these two strategies uh, leads to slightly different uh, outcomes, but they were never compared in, in any international study. So definitely we need a real-world evidence uh, for, for the optimal uh, total neoadjuvant treatment, and we need a, a guidance which patients uh, could benefit the most on the one side, and clear statements which patients should not be treated with total neoadjuvant. Total neoadjuvant is a half a year of the uh, treatment which leads the patient with, sub uh, with uh, subsequent uh, chemotherapy toxicities. Uh, uh, there is a recent data coming from ASCO uh, this year uh, showing, indicating that uh, in some situations we may even omit the radiotherapy, although uh, this data should be treated with a caution since the US approach uh, uh, included the half of the population in that study, which in Europe would not be uh, uh, exposed to radiation at all. Uh, so, uh, we have now nationalization of treatment strategies coming from UK, France or US, and we are missing the international cohorts uh, uh, and, and clear uh, um, uh, guidelines or statements which, is, which patient populations would benefit the most. Brilliant, thank you. Next up, we have Sushma Agrawal from the Sanjay Gandhi Postgraduate Institute of Medical Sciences in Lucknow, India. We'll be discussing findings from the RACE-GB trial, which assessed consolidation chemoradiotherapy in patients with gallbladder cancer. 
So, uh, gallbladder cancer is the third commonest cancer in women in our country and um, about 70% of them, about 80% of them present in advanced stages and only 10% are resectable. So, we had to do something and the only treatment which was available was the combination of cisplatin and gemcitabine since so many years. And uh, in the responders, uh, in the locally advanced patients, I was uh, wondering as to what to do for them. Uh, shall they wait for their disease to progress to offer second line chemotherapy or should we do something else? So uh, in the clinic, I thought why not uh, give them consolidation chemo radiation. And uh, so this was just a prospective uh, phase two study which I did. And I found that uh, the survival doubled. So I had to do a randomized study to prove or disprove this that consolidation radiotherapy in responders to first line chemotherapy improves survival. So uh, we randomized patients after four cycles of chemotherapy and they were basically partial responders or stable disease and they were randomized to observation which was the standard of care versus um, consolidation chemoradiotherapy and the consolidation chemoradiotherapy was 45 gray uh, along with concurrent capecitabine in phase one which was followed by a boost of nine gray uh, to the gross target volume. And uh, the patient numbers were total 135 after screening 200 patients and there were 67 in observation arm and 68 in the uh, radiotherapy arm. And uh, after randomization, uh, though there were some dropouts, but uh, the key finding, the, our main aim was to uh, see an improvement in overall survival. And uh, after randomization, we found that the overall survival in the observation arm was four months as compared to 10 months in the, con, uh, the chemo radiation arm. And the p-value was significant. And, um, and this amount of difference has not been seen in the hepatobiliary in the biliary cancers uh, not even with uh, immunotherapy and so therefore this is practice changing and it should be adopted at least in the um, gallbladder cancers then come now coming to the quality of life which is very important so the quality of life in the consolidation radiation arm did not uh, deteriorate as compared to the observation arm which deteriorated over time uh, at about three months. The other thing is the adverse effects. Adverse effects, though uh, they were there, but it was more common in elderly patients. So I would not advocate uh, chemo radiation for elderly patients. It is safe in patients less than 60 years and uh, it is practice changing. So adverse effects commonly were about hepatotoxicity, radiation induced liver disease, which was seen in 13% patients and half of them were in elderly patients. The other was GI bleed which was seen in about 6% of the patients and that was fatal. So we have to be very sure uh, about the diurnal dose to avoid toxicity. Finally, we have Joseph Herman from the Northwell Health Cancer Institute in New Hyde Park, New York. who will talk about the future of radiotherapy as a treatment for pancreatic cancer. So following the Alliance uh, modified Fulfirinox study with stereotactic radiation, I think the big question is what is the future of radiation in general for this disease? And, and I think 
one one thing again that's evolving is that we're recognizing that with higher doses of radiation we are seeing more durable control um, in those cases that don't get to surgery and we are also seeing uh, more robust pathologic responses in those patients that do make it to surgery however there's limited prospective data and i think future studies need to look at this more one of those studies for example is the greco 2 study that is currently open at multiple studies internationally, looking at upfront chemotherapy followed by um, stereotactic body radiation therapy with um, a superoxide dismutase inhibitor. So I think studies like this will give us more information. There's also several studies looking at combining radiation with immune therapy and even vaccine therapy. There are several single institution studies that are looking at this, and there's some exciting um, findings that are emerging that suggest that radiation can indeed enhance the local tumor microenvironment um, to uh, to you know allow um, checkpoint inhibitors to have even more of a robust response both locally and may even enhance systemic um, um, you know systemic uh, um, immune responses um, in in cases for example of oligometastatic disease. So I think there's some excitement in how we can best integrate these therapies moving forward. And then finally, I think patient selection is really paramount here. Um, you know, again, taking into account the full patient perspective, as I mentioned earlier, the performance status, we now have the ability to incorporate circulating tumor DNA. And while it's still kind of in its infancy in this disease, that, that ideally will help us identify um, which patients, you know, for example, if there's a high circulating tumor DNA, um, perhaps they're not going to be ideal for radiation and or surgery for that matter. So making decisions related to kind of a systemic paradigm versus more of a local paradigm in how we manage these patients moving forward and how we develop trials. Um, there, is a, there is also an ongoing um, pancreatic cancer task force that is um, uh, representative of, of all disciplines across several cooperative groups. And in this working group, we are doing a robust clinical um, uh, review of, of the existing clinical literature in a PCOTS analysis, um, and also working collectively across disciplines to develop, um, ideally moving towards a clinical trial planning meeting, which will allow us to define what the next trial should look like with radiation therapy so that we are really developing the proper study to answer important questions related to the role of radiation. Thank you to our speakers and to you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps, including Apple, Podbean and Spotify, so we can continue to deliver our expert-led content directly to you. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Oncology to join in the conversation and visit VJOncology.com for the latest updates in the field.